we have quite a few people tuning into the podcast, and it makes me want to try a little experiment. Uh, if this episode resonates, I'm going to ask that you send it to three people who are involved somehow within the education world, whether that's teachers, administrators, or people who have kids in education, or if you just find it fascinating to talk about our public education system, then I'd encourage you to blast it to anyone who you think this might resonate with. Uh, I'm going to share some noticings I have from being inside the public education world. So school is better than when I went to high school, middle school, elementary school. I feel that. When I was in high school, it was mainly direct instruction. The teacher demands respect, and they're up there in front of the class with the one-size-fits-all transmission of knowledge from the teacher to the student style of teaching. And that worked for me, but that does not work for most students, especially the neurodiverse students. School's better now. We have things like project-based learning, experiential learning, inquiry-based learning, and generally just the disposition of teachers. There are younger teachers now, uh, at least trending in that direction, who see themselves eye-to-eye, human-to-human with their students and are going along the learning journey with their students with better pedagogy in school. I, uh, I certainly see that at my school, and I think generally it's true across the board, although, who knows, tough to say. But we still have a long ways to go. It is not great. (laughs) Uh, There's so many ways that our education system could be better. Duh. Preaching to the choir. So I'm going to riff on that. I'm going to riff on some of my noticings. Now, of course, there's no one-stop shop solution. I don't have the perfect packaged, oh, this is what we need to do. I'm seeing it more as this is a grassroots, bottom-up, collective approach to trying to make things better, drip by drip, right? Every school is so unique with unique problems requiring unique solutions and no one can stand up there and preach this one policy that's gonna make things better. It's gonna take an initiative from within the schools and the communities to affect change in their environment. So I guess this is just a call to action of like, all right, let's start talking about this. What is school for? That's the main premise behind this, is really asking that question. What is school for? Anyways, this is meant to share. If it resonates, I hope you can share it with someone. Thanks for tuning in. Yo, it's Lucas, and this is Modern Haunted. Walking and talking, actually striding and talking, striding back and forth in my classroom right now. Uh, I've got the lights off and the door locked. I'm on my prep period. Class starts in about 42 minutes. Uh, I'm all prepped. I'm ready and recording an episode, hoping to release it later today. I feel a little bit guilty about this. I'm using my prep time to make my own podcast and on one time it's like yeah that's true I should feel guilty on the other 
I'm reflecting on my experience and bigger picture. I do feel like this helps my teaching. Oh, here we go. We got the bell. Not my bell. Uh, before I get too lost in tangent world, I should just start with, I love teaching. I love what I do. Honestly, it's so fun and rewarding and yeah. And I really love the school I'm at. As far as Salt Lake City schools are concerned, I'm at one of the most or the most progressive schools in the district. Uh, my administration is empowering and supportive and does things in the best interest of kids. I feel lucky to be where I'm at. Nonetheless, somewhere, something is wrong. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's start with the beginning. Kids hate school. They hate it, and I can't blame them. I hated school too, or I at least didn't like it. Does anyone like school? Even the teachers in the building, I'm not sure that they like school. Uh, I don't know if they outright say that, and some certainly do, but even the administrators are like, God, like counting down the days, a calendar countdown to the end of the school year. When is the school year going to be over? With these huge celebrations of we made it. And that fundamentally is wrong. Learning is amazing. Why are we celebrating being, quote, done with learning? There is something broken, and this isn't new news. This is, <laughs> yeah, preaching to the choir again. But we got something wrong, right? We're patching holes on a ship that's sinking. We're slapping Band-Aids on a systemic issue just to make it to June 4th this year to do it all again the next year. And we're getting good at it. I work with some teachers who are so good at slapping band-aids on things, so good actually that kids are learning a lot and enjoying class, but that takes a veteran teacher, a teacher teaching 25 years who has so many skills and curriculum built up and a really unique individual who can get kids to learn like that. Uh, most teachers certainly early teachers. I'm just getting to a point where I feel like I'm starting to be capable of doing things like that. But most teachers can't do that. It is a huge task to bear. And it sucks. It's not fun slapping band-aids on systemic issues. It's draining, it's tiring, and we see that with the crazy burnout rates amongst teachers and the difficulties we're seeing hiring. And it's draining for other reasons as well. Um, one of my fellow colleagues was talking about teaching how teaching is such a performance art and it really resonated with me uh it's really a performance when i walk into the building in the morning i switch into okay mr lucas mode here we go and it's an authentic mode of mine but it is a performance and it's a crazy performance that we're asked to do we're asking kids or I guess we're asking teachers for 180 days in a row, six classes a day, you need to have all 30 individuals in your audience be fully engaged in your performance, in your story, in your lecture, in your experience that you're providing. Not only engaged, but they need to be producing productive work, they need to be forming new neural synapses and learning, and not just some of the kids, but all of them. Nonetheless, kids who don't have fully developed prefrontal cortexes and kids who are dealing with all sorts of social, emotional, and traumatic things at home that are bringing it to the school day, let alone what the teacher has in their own life that's going on, bringing that to the school day, it's like 
it's a, it's tough. <laughs> uh, so I just wanted to shine light on that, that teaching is hard. And again, okay, cool, Luke is preaching to the choir, but it is, it's hard. And at the end of the day, I am so tired. So shout out to my fellow teachers. Um, so let's go back to the beginning. We could talk about state testing. We could talk about class sizes and funding issues, and we could trace it all the way back to capitalism. But the question here is where did we go wrong? Or what's the root? If what I care about is addressing the root of this whole thing for hopefully some things to maybe start to get better or at least talk about it, uh, where'd we go wrong? And to me, I feel like it boils down to a word tossed out by Seth Godin, and the word he uses is enrollment. The students are not enrolled in their learning, they're not bought in, they don't have ownership right? They hate to be there. They feel forced to be there. And quite literally, they are forced to be there. By law, they have to be there. And I feel it. And so then us teachers are fighting this uphill battle. The kids are not there to learn. They're doing everything they can to turn the learning around and have some fun and get their teacher to quit, which happened to a couple of ours last year. But before we dive into enrollment in the learning journey, I want to just touch on what even is learning? Like, where did we go wrong? Because learning is fun. Us humans, we are neurochemically rewarded to learn. I love to learn. Every human loves to learn, right? When you figure out something new, there's an authentic problem that you face in your life and you do something, you learn something to help you overcome that problem, it feels good. You're like, whoa, I feel accomplished. I did that, right? Your car breaks down. You go onto YouTube and you look up how to fix the carburetor of your car. And then you go in and you fix the carburetor. And two hours later, you're driving down the highway listening to Jurassic 5. That's the first band I could think of. Anyways, it feels good solving authentic problems. That's where learning stems from. And in school, we have robbed kids of the joy of solving authentic problems. We have robbed kids of tapping into our natural intrinsic learning systems. We don't give space for curiosity to percolate and let them then go burrow into the learning journey. We say, all right, right now, class, <laughs> you're going to sit down. You're going to sit here because that's your seating assignment. And you're going to learn about this right now on my time, right? I'm exaggerating a little bit, but truly, we're saying right now, whether it's relevant to you or not, we're going to learn about this. And it is not in the forefront of these kids' lives right now. Yes, it's probably going to be relevant in a couple years, but it is not relevant to them right there. We are robbing them of our natural intrinsic learning pathways. Uh, learning is fun and we are rewarded for it from the get-go. We're not even tapping into that. It is an uphill battle that us teachers have to fight. So what do we do about it? What can we do collectively to make things better? Uh, okay, yeah, you could become a politician and go join the government and make policy. Yeah, actually, that could be sweet and we need people doing that too. But I guess I'm coming from the inside and I feel like the question is we need to start genuinely asking what is school for why are we here all of us teachers and administrators who are counting down the days till summer what are we here for 
Are we here for daycare? Are we here to build obedient workers for our workforce? Are we here to prepare them for life? Are we here to build human calculators that can perpetuate this economic system to maximize profit for shareholders at the top? Actually, like, what is school for? Both what is it for and what should it be for in an ideal world? And I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I have thoughts on it for myself, but I think that's going to look different for every community. Uh, My answer right now is... I feel like school should be for maximizing the likelihood for long-term satisfaction or flourishment for a human's life. How to do that is a, a different a different question, but I feel like we should be developing the school day around how can we help this human who's in my class right now have the biggest, best probability at having a decent life dare I say, a, satisfa- a satisfactory, a satisfied life, a life of satisfaction and fulfillment. Uh, again, that's tough to get to. I think that my ideal metric, if I was designing my own school, instead of looking at state test scores or anything, I think my ideal metric to gauge how successful my school would be would be if we could check back in with these humans at age 30, and somehow gauge their levels of well-being, that would be our success metric. I would like to optimize for well-being 30 years down the road. Long-term well-being. Let's be honest. My students are inheriting the job force in the world at age 18, which is in about six years. We have no idea what the world is going to look like in six years, let alone two years, let alone 15, 20 years, right? Okay, we have some ideas of what the world is going to look like, but we are in changing times right now with climate change, AI, uh, nuclear warfare, and the exponential technologies that we have. Do we really know what the job market is going to be looking like? Uh, do we know what our communities are going to be looking like? I just read a New York Times article on the drying up of the Great Salt Lake, and 10 years is looking pretty grim for the city of Salt Lake. So what should we be preparing our students for? What should school be for? Don't know. So whatever it is, I can say... We're past the days of memorization and rote information. All right, class. Today we're learning about the Golgi body. Repeat after Golgi body. Very good, Javier. No, we shouldn't be memorizing. It's time to start teaching things like creativity and growth mindset and building curiosity and how to relate to a human being and how to empathize and how to sit and look someone in the eyes, how to live well. And this is happening. It's cool. It's happening in my building. My administration promotes it. Uh, It's happening. We're doing some cool social and emotional learning, but it's all done on the side. It's not the main focus. Uh, Yes, we do need some, some skills like mathematics and there's some sequential order to learning how to read and developing a base understanding of how the world works and some other things so i'm not saying we throw out content and curriculum altogether but i am saying we need to reshift the balance of how we're teaching that and i feel like the best ways to do that two that i can think of right now are project-based learning and outdoor ed 
If I want to teach the things that I think are important for my students to inherit in the world, those are two ways I think that we can do it. Project-based learning and outdoor ed. Okay, outdoor ed is tricky because it requires a great amount of privilege to be able to bring your students into the outdoors and teach them these skills. It also costs a lot. So I think some should do that. But for all, I feel like a more a better way to go about this would be project-based learning. I student taught at a project-based learning school. Um, it was not perfect, <laughs> but it was better. And they were trying to do cool things. Project-based learning is basically meeting kids where they're at. It's starting with the human and say, hey, what are you curious about? What's alive for you right now? And then the teacher has to be really skilled here. And they co-develop a project around the student's intrinsic curiosities, their natural learning pathways. Things like, I don't know, let's say a student, a seventh grader, they're, uh, they love their dog and their dog isn't doing well. It's like, okay, well, what's up with your dog? Like, I don't know. Our dog just isn't sleeping. Okay. Well, why isn't your dog sleeping? She's like, I don't know. It's, uh, uh, we don't have a good dog bed for it and it's getting wind blown on it and it's rainy because our house, we can't, okay, cool. What if we built your dog a dog house? And then, you know, you're meeting the kid where they're at and then, okay, they're on this journey of building the project, a dog house, and they get to learn about helping their dog sleep and researching into REM cycle and the neurophysiology of dogs and geometry about putting two by fours together and building an angular roof. And you can learn about evolution. Like how did dogs even get here? What dogs came from wolves 30,000 years ago. And then you'd go on this evolutionary journey. You get the picture. Learning is blended. It is all encompassing. It is not this segmented cattle walking from English class to college career awareness to science class. It is all in one. It's your one-stop shop of everything. You're drawing from, yeah, I'm digressing right now because I'm excited about this. Project-based learning is in alignment with what and who we are, with the modern hominids that we are. It has its own issues, right? With class sizes being close to 30, it is tricky for a teacher to manage 30 different projects, each with their own materials and each student where they're at. So whew, not sure what to do about that, but it's a step in the right direction. It's at least in alignment with what and who we are. Our school is doing something pretty cool right now. Every Wednesday we have what's called Academy, where it's basically each teacher picks a passion project and we spend two hours a day with kids who enroll. Literally, they get to sign up for what Academy they want to do and they come and do it. And right now I'm teaching a wheels academy where we bike, scooter, skateboard, rollerblade, Healy, anything wheels. And we go to the skate park and we learn about our comfort zone. Uh, we learn about growth mindset. We check in with one another and we ride. We ride dropping in fatty style on that half pipe. Let's go. Just getting better. And it's sweet. It's meeting the kids where they're at, and there is true learning happening there. Anyways, please send this to someone if it resonates. Let's get the convo going. What is school for? It's going to take all of us, drip by drip, to fill the bucket. It is not a top-down, one-size-fits-all, this is the solution. I don't have solutions, but we do need to start talking about it. Anyways, here's to teaching 
here's to project-based learning here's to learning in alignment with what and who we are and here's to living in alignment with what and who we are modern hominids <laughs>